1: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. I'm so thankful to be with you today. And in praying and thinking about what we're going to talk about, um, I was thinking that, you know, when times get tough and we have to lean on something. I know that owning a business or being a parent or just dealing with life in general, um, we, we do need to lean on promises. And I have a little book that's The Promises of God. And I really have to read that book because I need to remember his promises because sometimes things just don't appear to be the way we think they we want them to be and the way we think that they should be. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, things are a certain way and you're going really, you know, God, where are you? And what are you doing right now in this circumstance? You know, I, I just don't see you showing up right now. I know some of you are going, yeah, that's me right now. And I totally understand. I understand. I do. I do. So, um, we're going to talk about that. So the seven promises of God for when storms of life hit you and, you know, life is amazing, and life is what you make it, right? It's all in our attitude on how we receive or how we believe. It, it's just amazing how the same situation can happen, and there can be four, five, ten people in the room, and everybody's account of what's happening is is from a different perspective, and it's. It's really quite amazing to me that you can have that many different perspectives on any given story or situation. But everybody has their own life lessons or life beliefs that they have come to the party with. And so it's different each time. But God's Word is true. And God's Word doesn't really change. Our circumstances change, and we might grow in our spiritual walk to where we might read the same scripture and it has a new meaning, that happens to me quite often and I love it because it means I'm growing and maturing in my spiritual walk and that's not a bad thing at all. So storms will come. We all know that, right? They're going to come. It's not all hunky-dory and rainbows every single day. It's not always sunny. It's not always rainy. You know, life just, you know, has a lot of different weathers and a lot of different storms and a lot of different everythings and so when you pass through the waters I will be with you when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze that's Isaiah 43 2 so what is that saying you know if you really like digest that It doesn't say if, but it says when. The storms are going to happen. It's inevitable and unavoidable. But God still reminds us in his word that he will be with us even in the midst of it all. Daniel still faced the lions. Joseph was still thrown in prison. Job still lost all he held dear. The disciples still faced persecution. Being a believer doesn't mean we will, we, we will be kept from every hard circumstance, but that we will be with us. He will be with us in it all. And that's the beauty, and that's the promise. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Do you get this drift? This is like so good. Number two, promise. Heed the warnings. Heed the warnings. Are we always paying attention to what's happening? Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. That's Matthew twenty-four forty-two, And that scripture says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. God reminds us in his word to stay aware, to wake up to what surrounds us. Though it's all too easy at times to ignore the warning and continue on our own way, thinking somehow we know better, or that we will be spared. Sometimes he provides us a way of escape from what's ahead. We need his wisdom to know when to stay and when to go. Now there's a promise and there's a message right there. Because sometimes, some of you, even me, we're in a situation where we we think that we can fix it. We think that if I just knew what to say, if I just did the right thing, that things could be better. And some of you have realized that we can't control, we can't change another person. We can only change and work on us and our relationships. So this is really key. Because we need to know the difference. There's a poster that I've had on my wall since I was little. I don't have it anymore. But when I was growing up, and it was, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I remember that because I used to look at that every night. And every night I would call out, cry out, pray to my Heavenly Father, Lord, you know, I need to know when I can do something about it, and when I can't, please show me. And if I'm just not in the know, because we don't know what we don't know, and what we don't know can hurt us, can't it? So I I pray that the Lord was going to give me knowledge, that he's going to give me vision, that he's going to help me in my day-to-day, my moment-by-moment walk, because as I draw nearer in his relationship, in our relationship, this relationship up, you know, this vertical relationship. It's going to help me with my choices and my decisions, uh, you know, horizontally with my relationships here on this earth. So it's really important that I understand that he will provide a way to escape. But I, he, he's saying that we need to be aware. You know, we need to wake up. Because sometimes I think we walk right through things that maybe we should stop. Sometimes we miss it because we're not really asking for the lesson to be taught or learned. I know some of you can relate to what I'm saying and and maybe some of you cannot. I just know that everything that... um, that's happened for me and you might be able to assess this for yourself but everything that's happened to me I just really understand that um, every situation has prepared me for the next situation or assignment number three just happens to be be prepared now that's very interesting because I was dreaming one night and I don't remember my dreams very often but I remember waking up kind of in a cold sweat and I just remembered be prepared prepared and I I still to this day this was years and years and years ago but still to this day I remember that voice be prepared and then I'd asked be prepared for what what do you want me to be prepared for look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's Ephesians five, fifteen, seventeen. 17. Are we being wise or are we being unwise? Are we being careful how we walk and where we walk? Are we? Could we do a better job? Could we just think about it just a little more? Could we be a little more prepared to handle what's right in front of us? Could we? Only you can answer that for you. For me, I'm always going to say, I can always do better. No matter how well I'm doing, I'm always going to say, Lord, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. And I thank God that he's not done with me yet. And the the beauty is he's not done with you yet either. And that's awesome. You're listening to the Sue Free Show. Sue Free spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I'd love for you to go to my website. I want you to go to my website and I want you to just reach out to me. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what station you listen to because this is syndicated, both secular and Christian. And I just love to, you know, to know what's going on. I'd like to get to know you. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that, because I'm talking into this mic, okay, and sometimes the Lord will give me a vision, and I'll see a person either behind the wheel or uh, crying. And, and uh, sometimes I, I get overwhelmed with emotion, and I don't even know what, what that is, but I'm feeling the feelings of someone. And I, I don't understand all of that. I just know that the Lord is giving me that sensitivity sometimes and it comes when the Holy Spirit wants it to come and it goes just as fast so I don't I don't know who you are um but I want to and so if you'd like to connect with me that's what this show is about it's about the pursuit of passion purpose and connection and I really feel that that's what this show is about Sometimes life is predictable. Often storms come on without much warning. The best way to stay spiritually prepared is to stay in close relationship with God. Walking wisely, every day we need Him. The fresh filling of His Spirit, time in His presence, in praying and reading His Word. The better prepared we are inside, the better equipped we are to stay strong in Him, no matter what comes our way. Be ruthless with sin issues, keeping our hearts right with God and with one another. Stay in close fellowship with other believers, connected to a church, and worship where we are growing, serving, being encouraged to stay strong. I have to tell you that I've been going to church. It's been so long. How about you? And, you know, some of us say, you know, it's okay. I'm doing fine. I don't need to go to church. I have people that I talk to and they're going, eh, I don't have to go to church to be a believer. I don't have to go to church to uh, have a personal relationship with the Lord. And that's true. You don't. But I have to tell you personally, something's been missing. And I listen to worship music all the time at work, along with country, but worship and um i just i know that when i step into his home his house and there's other believers and standing up and raising my hands to him and singing his praises and and having those words come out of my mouth loudly and hopefully in tune <laughs> i just know that it does something to me inside spiritually i think you know he wants us to bow down on our knees and he wants us to worship and reach up he wants that he is a gentleman my, my pastor this last week said that he chases after you and that was counterproductive or counterintuitive for me because i'm always saying that he's a gentleman he's not going to come down and snatch you because he gave you freedom of choice to choose him but maybe it's not maybe it's not different Because he does love us, and he sent his only son in our our place. If he loved us and valued us that much, then of course he wants to, you know, oh, please, just come my way. Just come towards me. Come towards me. Oh, reach up. Ask me to come into your life. He wants that. I don't picture him chasing after me. I know he's not letting me go, though. I know that he loves me so much. He doesn't want one of his sheep to go astray. He doesn't. He doesn't want one of us. You, me, your friend, your family, your child. He doesn't want anyone to go away. He wants to have us all under his arms, under his wing. So, number four is know where to find refuge. You know when those storms come? Sometimes it's just really a huge battle, isn't it? Sometimes it's just so hard. But you have to know where to find refuge. Where is your refuge? Where do you find your refuge? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's Psalm 46, 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. When facing a storm, we instinctively know to find this safe place, to be protected from the elements in all that we face. No matter what may fill our days, we have a place to run to. God is our refuge, our constant help, our safety. He's the only one who can walk on water. He is the only one who still reigns over all. He's the only one who can speak to the storm and the wind obeys his voice. Peace be still. How many of you need peace right now? How many need to be still right now? The enemy comes in like a flood. That's interesting because sometimes he does. But you know, sometimes it's a slow fade. That's a song. And he comes in little tiny, comes a little tiny at a time. He etches away just a little at a time. But he can also come in like a flood. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That's Isaiah fifty-nine nineteen. From the west people will fear the name of the Lord, and from the rising of the sun they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. You know, the enemy will try to wreak havoc in our lives. He loves disaster. He loves it when we struggle. His whole aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. Those are powerful words. Think about it. Often, it feels that when a few hard things start happening in life, all chaos breaks loose. It's hard to get control. We can end up feeling abandoned and alone. That's exactly where the devil wants us. Yet, God's word reminds us that we never fight alone. He will not leave us to ourselves to pick up the broken pieces of hard times. God himself will fight for us no matter what we face. Personally, I have to tell you, I was doing this speech, and it was a keynote speaker, and it was on Zoom, and I've never done Zoom before. And it was just this last Friday, and I have to tell you, pretty interesting. Thursday, I go down to my kitchen and my sink, my, my bathroom, my, excuse me, my kitchen floor was floating. It was, I had a leak and this was Thursday and I'm supposed to take off and i am got somewhere to go. I've got to get the speech. I've got to get my internet hooked up. i got to do all these things to make sure this keynote, speaking, Zoom thing happens. And I have to get my speech ready. And I'm speaking about seven pillars of wisdom and mine was on lo- love and people. All right. So the next day I, I get to the place and the uh, spectrum people come and all of a sudden there's this huge blowout at my office and it's a half hour before I'm ready to go on. And I had been up till 1230 trying to figure out how to make everything work because this is all new to me. And I'm asking myself, what have I decided to do? What did I say yes to? And it's really interesting because I said my very opening of my speech, it wasn't planned, but the opening of my speech, I just said, you know, this is going to be a good day. And the the people that are going to speak today have an incredible message from the Lord because the devil really was trying everything he could to prevent me from being on this show, this keynote speaking today. He did everything he could to prevent me from coming. But guess what? That's not going to happen. And it's really wonderful that we know that we have the victory, that a victory is ours, that the devil is defeated in Jesus' precious name. And we have to call out to Jesus and say his name in order for the power to take over the devil. So I know this to be true. I have fought the good fight, and I know that, you know, it's principalities we're fighting against. It's not flesh and blood. The Lord sits. God is over God is over the flood. the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to His people. May the Lord bless His people with peace psalm twenty nine ten eleven such a great reminder that God is still all-powerful over the floods, over the weather, and He's not pacing heaven's floors, but He sits enthroned over the flood. He's still in control, and He knows our way. He understands what concerns us. Our flood may not be literal standing water today. It may be the circumstances we find ourselves in that are wreaking havoc on our thoughts. We may feel overwhelmed like we're drowning in all the struggles we're up against, like it's too much to bear. Are you there now? Have you ever been there? Do you understand what this is is describing? Because life is a journey. And we all have our ups and downs, and sometimes they're more powerful than others. But I have to tell you that as we get through each one, it's preparing us, and it's letting us know that we can get through this together with our Heavenly Father. We may be knee-deep in hurt. We may be knee-deep in hurt, waiting through the mess of it all. Don't doubt for a minute that he's not there. He's over every trouble we face. He's with us in each trial. We do not face it alone, ever. Two things God gives us in the midst of the flood. He gives us strength to his people, and he blesses us with peace. I love that word, peace. Number seven, life comes back. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Genesis 9.13 9, Even in the face of huge loss and ravaging storms, hard times do not hold the final say over our lives. As believers, we are kept safe in the hands of our Creator in this life and the next. Winds can blow. Devastating loss may come. But God is a redeemer. He's the only one who can take what seems to be utter destruction and somehow turn it around for good. He did it for Job, he did it for Joseph, he did it for Noah. And he's the same God today, still faithful in his promises and to his word. This is so good. This is written editor's note, Debbie McDaniel. And she wrote this several years back in a tribute for Hurricane Katrina. Remember Hurricane Katrina? Her hometown was also wrecked by Hurricane Harvey. So she wrote this because she was experiencing this firsthand. And see, the Lord was talking and speaking through her. And the Lord can speak and teach through you. And it's up to each one of us to understand that we have a place and God created us for a purpose. And we just need to know that so that we can serve and we can utilize our talents and our gifts that he's put inside of us, that passion, that flame that we have inside of us, so that we can do what God created us to do. Are you ready to do that? I am so ready to do that. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Please go to Sue speltlikefries spelled like fries, one word, dot com, and connect with me there. Uh, you can also go to Facebook Live. It's on Tuesdays at 1 30, so you can see me. I still won't be able to see you, but you can see me. And I don't talk a lot with my hands. Just warning you. <laughs> I do talk with my hands. So God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day and understand to beware, to understand storms are going to come, but the Lord's promises are true today, tomorrow, and forever. God bless. Bye-bye. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season.
1: Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon. Or log on to SueFries.com. That's Sue, F-R-I-E-S dot com. SueFries.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much, Equal Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. And if you'd like to sponsor this show, I'd love to talk with you. And, uh, you know, this last weekend I was able to go spend time with my daughter my son-in-love and my two granddaughters Uh, we went to the pumpkin patch and the pumpkin patch is a is a tradition that I've been doing with my children that are now 36 and 39 since they were two so for my daughter to call up and say hey mom when can you take time out to go to the pumpkin patch with our children and and uh i just beaming i'm beaming because i'm so thankful being a parent that things that i felt were important to create those traditions for our children that she's you know, continuing on that tradition at the same exact pumpkin patch. And, you know, it, the pumpkin patch has come a long way, by the way. It doesn't just have scarecrows and pumpkins. There's, you know, little pony rides and all kinds of fun things. And the, the oh, my gosh, my granddaughters were in they just cried when it was time to go. And so, you know, our children are in our care. The Lord has placed our children in our care. And being a grandmother now, I feel that even more strongly than when I was a parent, which is very interesting to me. So, I found an article about 10 promises to pray over children's lives. And I think that we need to be praying for our children. How about you? I think it's so important that we pray. And, you know, I'm even praying for my children that are 36 and 39. I'm still praying for them. I'm praying that, you know, like my son, he's not married yet. And I'm praying for that one special woman that I've been praying for since he was in my womb. That's a lot of prayer time, Uh, you know, for her to actually, I think he's more ready now. Any women out there? I'm just kidding. Uh, Anyway. I think that he's more ready now than he's ever been, and I love that he's drawing nearer to the Lord. It's really a wonderful thing to see. And my daughter, just seeing her grow and understand motherhood now, which, you know, before you're a mom, you just don't understand what it's like to be a mom, or a dad for that matter, but a mom, just that amount of love that you just don't even know you have, and it's just, like, amazing. So I'm going to talk about our... Praying for our children. So anybody that has children, or if you have people that have children, or if there's if you're a godparent, anything like that, this isn't my norm, but I think it's so important right now with everything we've been through, my heart goes out to the children because I think that their lives, their worlds have been just turned upside down. You think us parents you know, we think our lives have been turned upside down. Our children just, you know, there's a lack of security of knowing what's going on, because our parents, we have not understood what's going on. So if we can't give our kids that security to know it's okay, kids, we're going to be okay, I'm sure we're, they're in within earshot of the conversations us as parents are having about mask, no mask, go, don't go, vaccine, no vaccine. You know, it's just, there's so many questions, and, and we're getting different different answers, and it's hard to know where to turn, right? So our poor little children, they need more of us, parents. They need assurance. They need more hugs, more skin time. They need more of us. We need to be present with our presence. We so do. So being with my kids oh, was so awesome. Anyway, so pray for the best. Don't settle for less than the best. When you pray about particular situations in your kids' lives, pray for much more than just the bare minimum you need. Pray audacious prayers, asking God to work in powerful ways beyond what you can achieve yourself. Remember that God stands ready to answer in big ways. While it's fine to pray for small concerns, don't settle for small answers. God has promised that all of his power will be available to you when you ask him something through prayer. Do you believe that? I hope you do, because prayer works. I have this little wristband that's on my my wrist, and it says, pray first. And my little granddaughter, first thing she does is she gives me a little smile when she sees me come through the door, and then she reaches out for my little bracelet. She doesn't really care about the watch or anything else. She just wants this bracelet, and it's been since she was really itsy-bitsy. And I just think it's so sweet. Pray for particulars. Be specific. Don't waste your time praying broad, vague, safe prayers for your kids. Instead of praying prayers without a real point, please bless Sue. (laughs) It's funny that they say that. Pinpoint your prayers to your specific desires for your kids and root your prayers in the Bible. Boldly claiming God's promises for your kids that relate to those desires. Number three, pray for faith. Ask for greater faith. Pray for the faith you need to believe that God will truly answer the big, audacious prayers. You dare to pray for your kids. The more faith you have, the more likely you'll be to keep praying big prayers and see big results. Focus on honoring God. Check your motives when you pray to make sure that you're seeking something big for God's glory rather than your own self promotion. Keep in mind that your prayers for your kids should never contradict biblical principles. Ask yourself, would Jesus pray for this? Seek God's vision for your kids' futures, not your own, and pray according to that vision of God's purposes and plans for them. Are you getting all this? Pray for a godly foundation. Lay a strong foundation for your kids' lives through prayer. That means Pray with them, right? That's what that's telling you. I was feeding my granddaughter. She's in her high chair. And I realized that I'd put the food on her little tray there. And I forgot to say, Montana, let's pray. She was so busy with those little blueberries I put on there and the stuff. She, she just could not be bothered with prayer. So it was important that I realized that and remembered that, that I need to have her pray before she eats so that she understands where that food is really coming from. Pray that your kids will awaken to the reality of God, have a healthy fear of God, develop a godly character, love obedience, experience God's favor, grow up knowing the Bible well, and recognize God's voice. Marry a godly person. How important is that, parents? Marry a godly person. So pray for healthy fear of God. Dear Lord, I want my children to have a healthy fear of God. I want them to develop a godly character. I want them to love obedience, Lord Jesus. I want them to experience all of God's favor. I want them to grow up knowing the Bible well. Help them to read the Bible and thirst, hunger and thirst for God's word. These are the prayers that we need to pray over our children. Do they need to hear it? Not always, but would it be nice? Would it be good for them to hear you praying over them? Of course it would. I think it's really wonderful and healing. So those of you that have sons, uh, National Son and Daughter Day just happened, I think. Um, Pray for your son to become the man God wants him to become. Parents, are we doing that? Are we praying for them to become the kind of man that God wants him to become? Pray that your son will crave Christian community, pursue sexual purity, serve as a leader both in his family and in society, and have the vision, courage, and wisdom needed to become a strong leader. Are we doing that? Could we do better? My answer would always be yes. I can always do better. How about you? Pray for your daughter. Pray for your for your daughter to become the woman God wants her to become, pray that your daughter will love herself because she knows how much God loves her. Make Jesus her greatest love in life and have the confidence that comes from knowing that God is doing holy work in her through the power of His Holy Spirit. You know, my daughter, she probably won't appreciate this. She says, Oh boy. But I'm going to tell you that my daughter, she uh, was proposed to more than once. And she'd back out because there was just something that didn't feel right in her spirit. She didn't kiss. They didn't even kiss before they got married. They dated for two years. The final, this the man, the son in love that I have now, Mark Grisani. Um, that they didn't even kiss before their wedding day, because they wanted to be, just hold themselves pure and above approach, but also just as a, a statement to themselves that they would be able to do that. And there was a time when their relationship was really suffering and God was doing a mighty work. And I didn't understand the details, neither did they. But at one time, he was very in love and strong and just so sure. And then she wasn't. She was still, God was working on her and her heart and her mind and her spiritual walk. And so she was honest with him and told him that. And then it reversed. And then she realized he was the one and only for her. And he was having a work done. The Lord was working on him. And through this, my daughter would just say, Mom, just pray. Just pray. And then the wedding day, they finally decided they were going to get married. And their wedding day, oh, boy, was it a kiss. I have to tell you, it was, it was a kiss. But what an, a wonderful testimony um, to be able to speak to anyone that is going through struggles and tribulations. She had gone through numerous different relationships, proposals, potential marriages, and just wasn't the one, wasn't the right one, wasn't the one for her. And she wasn't the right one for that person. It's an amazing story. And, you know, watching it from close up and sitting back, Whew, it was a it was it was a tough road. <laughs> I can just imagine what it was for them anyway, but they were just wanting to be faithful and, and honoring God in in all that they did and I have to tell you their wedding is I mean, wedding their marriage is so strong, and they just love each other so much and the way they parent their children is so godly and so sweet and I just could not be more thrilled with the choices that have been made. It's just amazing so um So, pray for godly mentors. How about that? I've been praying for that recently. Pray for your kids' role models. Ask God to help you be a great role model for your kids. Keep in mind that they'll take their cues from you when it comes to topics like relationships, money, forgiveness, sexuality, church participation, and how you treat people like the poor, the elderly, and people of different races. Your kids will notice when you pray and when you don't, how often you read the Bible and how often you serve others. Pray for God to give you the right strategy for how to disciple your kids. Pray for God to strengthen other important role models in your kids' lives, such as teachers, coaches, church leaders, scout leaders, mentors, their friends, and their friends' parents. Anyone you come in contact with is a potential. And you might be the only God that this person sees. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Do we need to move the mountain or do we just need to move it a little bit? And nothing happens without motion, meaning you need to take. We don't need to. But in order to have something change there has to be movement there has to be motion so number nine pray for healthy growth pray to be able to let go of your kids well so they can become healthy adults your kids will need to gradually transfer their dependence from you to God as they grow up letting go of your kids will help you parent more strategically mature as a person help your kids mature Prepare your kids for life's tests, increase your faith, help you look to God for your kids' protection, and see your kids through God's eyes rather than just your own. I remember when my son was born, he's the first, and I remember thinking about when he turned 16 and I have to hand him the keys to the car. And I remember knowing that when that day came, that's when I would definitely need to be confident in the ability of my son making good choices, not bad choices, and that I had to give everything over to God at that time. Because the minute you give your child the keys, they are not within range of you keeping them safe. And so, parents... You don't really even have 16 years, but for sure, at 16 years, you understand once they get that car. You, you, don't, you don't know where they're going to turn the key. You don't know if they're going to have a drink, God forbid. You don't know who's in the car. You don't know what kind of things. So we have to, we do have to, if we're parents and they're put in our care, train them up in the way they shall go so they will not depart from it. And we need to train them how to make good choices. Because you're not always going to be there to help them through that, so understand that's the goal, and you work backwards. And the more, uh, the more intense, or whatever word you want to use, the more strategic and intense you are early on, it's going to help you in the teenage years. It's not going to be so difficult, but you got to do it when they're one to six. I just know this to be true because I see it happen every day. Oh my gosh, the teenage years, no. It started when they were like three and four and five. Timeouts are good. Consequences for actions, it's good. As you pray for God to prepare your kids to function as healthy young adults, pray that your kids will trust God instead of people or things. Have an unshakable character. Learn to choose delayed gratification over immediate fulfillment. Practice good financial management and be relationally mature. Pray that you will have the courage to let your kids make their own choices and resist intervening and rescuing them unless absolutely necessary. I have not told you what station you're in, so if you just tuned in to this dial, I will say that this is the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. If you need any termite work, I'm hoping you're going to call E.C.O.L.A., the termite lady, E.C.O.L.A. We are here to serve. We are looking for good people that really need to uh, if somebody needs to a new career we we definitely have positions from San Diego to San Luis Obispo we are in need of good good people clean driving record healthy athletic because you got to crawl in small places and it's hot and it's dirty but it's a great job and we have a wonderful team working with us a little commercial anyway so um, number 10 pray for Christ's inheritance pray for your kids spiritual inheritance your own spiritual choices will create a huge wave of spiritual blessing or cursing that your kids, grandkids, and future generations will inherit. Do you understand that, parents? That what you do, how you choose to live, you know, those choices that you make, they don't just affect you. There's a ripple effect that goes generation, 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 domino, ripple. It, it does happen. Pray for the strength to avoid sin and make faithful choices that will leave a legacy of blessings. Be a blessing to those that you come in contact with. Ask God to show you how to change unhealthy parts of the legacy that your own parents and grandparents left you. So the pattern of various sins in your life will stop with you. Pray for God to bestow spiritual favor on you, your kids, your kids and on multiple generations after them. Did you hear that? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray to you to bestow spiritual favor on my family, my kids, and multiple generations after them. Are we praying these praise, this prayers? Are we, are we speaking these words? Are we praising our Heavenly Father for what he has already done? We need to do that, right? I mean, it's really important because he needs to know that we understand. And he tells us, he gives us the rule book of life, the Bible. And he tells us to give thanks in all things. Is that for him or for us? I'll tell you a little story. There are times when I just feel like I'm overwhelmed. I know, you too. And there's times when I feel like the battle is just... Where's the victory? And I just feel overwhelmed, overcome by the storms and just the circumstances of whatever's happening. And it's not just one issue. There's multiple issues happening at the same time. And I can have my grandchildren over here, and it's such a blessing, such a rainbow, such a blessing. But then I've got all these fires I'm trying to put out, right? And at that time, I just feel so overwhelmed, and I have to remember that the Lord is there And then he's already fought the fight and he's already won the the battle and the devil is defeated. And I have to cry out and just say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, because the power is in the blood and the power is in his name. There's songs that say this, and I think sometimes we just kind of say the words without understanding the meaning, that power that's behind them. I really believe that we need to, when, we, when we're singing worship songs and we're listening to the words, that let it get in there. Because there's a lot of scripture in there. There's a lot of his power and a lot of his words in those songs. And it can really build us up when we really need it. And I have to tell you that for me, this is where this was all going, is that the best thing that I can do to give me the strength to go another step and another huh, moment is to just think about the things that I'm thankful for. If I just put in perspective all that's going well, all the things that I am so blessed. And I'm saying that because I want you to be reminded of that too. When times get tough, the best thing you can do is just take a deep breath and start counting all of your blessings. Think about all the things that have gone right. It's so easy to get caught up in the what's going wrong, right? It is so easy to go there. But let's focus on what's going right. Let's focus on what is good. It's really good when you do that. Proverbs 13:24, and I hope I can get through this. It's kind of long. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. In a world gone mad, good is called evil, and evil is applauded as good. This logic is responsible for the training up of criminals. Show me a child who is not disciplined, and I will show you a child who is struggling under the weight of guilt from accumulated wrong which desires to be dealt with. A parent who overrides the mandate of Scripture to correct his or her child has borrowed from the hope of the future to appease the demands of the moment. A child who is not disciplined is often a child who shows no respect toward God's ordained authority, for he will be a child who is prone to rebellion. At times, we may find it difficult to be consistent in administering discipline. As Christians, we must have a greater standard for our children. We must love them more than the moment. We must think of the character. That shall be built in them by consistent, very important word, consistent, loving discipline, which is an affirmation of true love for them. My earthly father corrected my wrong, and because of that, I am alive today. My heavenly father corrects my wrong, and because of that, I know I shall live, because he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Isn't that good? Oh, my goodness. That is so good. Hebrews 12, six, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Content is the child who understands this verse. Loving discipline is required if a child is to grow up responsible. The Lord has his ways of correcting those who are his. Even the most committed saint will err. And when God's word is not heeded, the Lord will use harsher means. Christian. If you find yourself under his rod of correction, rejoice, for your salvation is certain. Always remember that God's love is not weak and vulnerable to change as ours is. Discipline is right to do and good to receive as long as love is driving the rod of correction. Know that with the Lord this is always so. I have come to rest in the Lord's chastening, for by it I am reminded of his everlasting love for me and his commitment to be Abba my Father. This was by Pastor Jack, and I just love that. So I hope this has been good for you. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you share it with other people. You can uh, go to spelled like fries, one and listen to 10 and a half, almost 11 years of podcasts, and share this with other people. I hope you do. Until next week, God bless. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Bye for now.
1: It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola termite, and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.